Welcome to the Stone Cold 316. Oh, that's Encanto. Hold on. <laughs> we don't talk about CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about Hulkster. No, no, no. <laughs> guy wrestling so that was good that was real good pill of the greed of movie land and Ernest was scared out of his underwear when he dressed as a brown-faced man the audience they chose the wrong iconic theme song although not by John Watson it was a narrow race. What finished in the wrong place was the one about the ghost-busting clan. Movies for when, ooh, triple feature. We'll probably never, ooh, do Jack Reacher. Commenters heckling Greg and Danny. The clusterfuck was the first of many. Award winning triple feature podcast show. I want to go. What? Uh, 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 oh. To the award winning triple feature podcast show. And I'm sorry everyone had to listen wow. to me sing. Incredible. <laughs> I, for one, am not objecting to this at all. That was amazing. Thank you. I wrote it in the shower yesterday. How did <laughs> were you like Marty McFly holding water under or paper under running water? Actually, a pop punk cover of science fiction double feature came on my playlist on the way home from work, and I was like, "Ooh, there's an intro here somewhere. I've just got to find it." Pop goes punk, Rocky Horror, newfound glory doing better wise up janet weiss or some shit 
Did you know on Spotify there is a live concert of Polyphonic Spree performing the entire Rocky Horror soundtrack? I did not. It's really awesome. I like it a lot. And I think they performed it on Halloween night, so that's pretty chill. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, we're back, everyone. That's that intro was way better than my idea. I was gonna. What was your idea? Oh, Denny, you're not ready. Boo! Ah! <laughs> well, I'm sure you weren't too scared. But no. that was the intention, actually. Because this is Movies for Win. You're looking for not-so-scary scares. Yes! This is the fun of Halloween. This is the lighthearted, uh, and apparently erring more on the childish side side of halloween so say, well it was intended to be the fun of halloween but uh, uh we might have missed the mark with two-thirds of our movies this week on the fun criterion yeah and then the uh not scary was also broken by the scariest movie also being the most childish movie more on that later um i think that relies on a unique personal experience correct more on that very soon, actually. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. Our movies for this week are Ernest Scared Stupid, which was my pick. The Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was Denny's pick. And the audience selected the live-action Scooby-Doo from 2002. So thanks to you for voting, I don't think there's ever been a week where there's an easier choice of what wins the episode. (laughs) I don't think we've ever had this clear of a choice. Yeah, Ernest wins in a landslide. I really worry about you, Greg. You know, I really worry. Well, sometimes you should, my guy. All right, so... (sighs) Denny, you and Vanessa actually watched another movie this week, and you guys talked about it on the internet. What did you watch, and where can people find your conversation about it? We watched The People Under the Stairs, uh, and you can find it at patreon.com slash movies for a win. Enjoy it while you can, because nothing lasts forever. Um, The People Under the Stairs is quite the discussion and quite the movie. I highly recommend checking it out. The movie and the discussion. Yeah, join us on Patreon, because we also have been watching a shitload of movies, and we like to talk about all the movies we watched over there. Holy crap, what fun boy do we i watched eight (sighs) movies this weekend i've got some content for this week's patreon episode i've got a bit of a backlog too so i'm pretty stoked uh but that's next week that's later but for now movies for now Mm. denny what are we starting with here what's the first topic of discussion we are going to start with Ernest Scared Stupid to emphasize the importance of being earnest. Joke cred, Zach Galifianakis. Why couldn't it have been Zach Galifianakis? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I got I got all of that. Greg, where can we watch Ernest Scared Stupid if we hate ourselves so much that we want to watch it? Well, it's pretty simple. Log on to YouTube.com and look for it. It's there. It's free. And if you've got a schmadschmocker, you can just watch it uninterrupted. <laughs> um, <clears throat> fill in the gaps yourself, kids. Uh, Ernest Scared I Stupid. It like a dipshit. Oh, what were you thinking, buddy? It was on YouTube. <laughs> I don't check YouTube for movies. I'm a millennial. Oh, yeah. Well, 
That's we're true. still buying DVDs over here. I remember back when I could just watch movies on YouTube. Yeah, that was awesome. Back in the Wild West, that's how I watched uh, Band of Brothers, I think. That's how I watched um, a lot of stuff. It ruled. Hell yeah. I remember when it got HD for the first time. I was like, holy shit, HD video on the internet? Yeah. What? <laughs> What'll they think of next? Oh. <laughs> that Elon Musk really is a, a tech shit, wizard. <laughs> a shitload of ads, that's what. Um, yeah. But yeah, Ernest Scared Stupid from 1991. This was my pick. I guess I'll summarize it for us. Yeah, you have to. I do have to. This is my punishment. Uh, Ernest Scared Stupid is about our favorite beloved know-it-all, Ernest P. Worrell, uh, played by James Varney. Uh, beloved character, star of multiple Ernest films, like uh, Ernest Goes to Camp, The Importance of Being Ernest, like Denny mentioned earlier. Uh, Ernest is the trash man in a town somewhere, and he is friends with the local kids, and he's on the verge of being fired by the mayor and police chief. They don't like him because he's... Not doing his job super good. Uh, come to find out, Ernest's ancestors, who are also from the town that this uh, movie is set in, tr caught and trapped a troll that was stealing kids and trapped the ancient evil troll under a tree in the center of town and cursed his name. And only a descendant of the Worrell family can uh, awaken the troll again to reign terror and... Wouldn't you know it, this Amelia Bedelia-ass motherfucker lets the troll loose, and he's taking the kids in the town. But, uh, you know, they've got a cool treehouse, and they're going to fight back, and uh, the trolls are allergic to milk somehow. I'm becoming less interested as I talk. I apologize. <laughs> I'm, I'm so refraining from chiming in, because <laughs> I have so much to say about all of these plot points. Yeah, so... <clears throat> We release a troll. He he needs to capture five kids to release a troll army. He basically does it, but, uh, you know, we're going to unite the town, figure it out, finally learn to read, and then defeat the troll army. And that's about it. It is a kid's movie <laughs> to a T. This is a kid's movie. Uh, Denny, do you have a relationship with this movie? I actually had seen it before, but remembered absolutely none of it. Uh, it is mm. a kind of fun story. I watched it um, a couple years back. <laughs> Someone at work came up to us and said that the local church was having a Reformation Day party on October 31st. And a bunch of people actually went. And uh, <clears throat> me and a couple of the other cool kids were like, um, how about fuck that shit? Let's go watch <laughs> movies. It's Halloween. Um so we watched, but we, it was like, it might've been me. We didn't want to do anything too scary. So it was kind of like this whole episode. We watched Ernest Scared Stupid that night. And I don't so remember it at all. Like not a single thing from it. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I always remembered one of the best, uh, I guess it's a joke that I've ever heard. Um, the ex-girlfriend of my roommate who selected Ernest Scared Stupid was there. And I was super excited about watching Spooky Buddies, and I was trying to sell it to everybody. Um, <laughs> she got a ride with one of our other friends, and he goes, <laughs> he goes, well, do you want to stay for Spooky Buddies? And she was not happy, and she goes, no. And he was like, oh, wait, no, he, sorry, I fucked up the joke. He goes, 
Well, oh, I want to stay for Spooky Buddies. Do you want to stay for Spooky Buddies too? And she goes, no. And he's like, Denny, I'm so sorry. We can only stay for Spooky Buddies 1. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was fantastic, and it stayed with me forever. You know what? I'll say that was worth it. How about Hell you? Yeah, What's dude. your relationship with this movie? I know it traumatized you in your childhood at some point. Like, this this will be like my my greater point for talking about the movie in general like as we go along here i watched it i think i watched half of it once when i was very young i liked the Ernest movies and i still like uh Ernest rides again and Ernest goes to camp like i think those are genuinely more enjoyable than this one i watched half of this one when i was really young and i just got so scared of the troll creature in this movie and like kids getting turned into like wood wooden statues i'm like i'm a kid is this is the most terrifying thing i've ever seen on a screen gonna do that to me while i sleep probably i better shut this movie off. almost certainly <laughs> and then i watched it again and uh did just just this week and i'm like holy shit this troll is very scary but this movie was made for babies this is a <laughs> it's meant to be comprehended by the five and under demographic like that's who the target audience was i that's gonna be my main point man is just like there was a miscommunication on target audience oh sorry there was a miscommunication with target audience and the props department (laughs) (laughs) big misunderstanding we overdid it with the with the costumes here, we made it way too scary for what the script was going for. Here. Yeah, the script was trying to pull viewers away from Barney. Um, and then <laughs> you... I ran you straight into Barney's get, arms. <laughs> yeah, he's chased everyone back there. Because um, that is super weird that, like, the troll is scary. And it's, like, in this, like, garbage movie for, like, infants and toddlers. The the practical effects on the troll costume are actually super good. Like they're like randomly yeah. incredible. Like it's a really well done costume piece. It's like sometimes hiring the best guy for the job isn't the best option. Right. Yeah. Like... <laughs> you shouldn't have brought in Stan Winston for Ernest scared stupid. <laughs> he was like, I want to recreate the T-Rex scene from Jurassic Park. It's my finest work. <laughs> Go work on Mad God. Get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah, this is, to quote the movie Miracle, um, they should have been looking for, not for the best guys, but they should have been looking for the right guys. Because yeah. holy shit. It's got two noses. It's got big teeth, beady eyes, and just like always just drool coming out of its mouth. It's, ah, it's just menacing. Fuck. Yeah. It looks like a... What did my note here say? I think I, I had something about him looking like a really fucked up version of Beef Squatch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes! This is a very cursed Beef Squatch, yeah. Yeah, if there was ever a script that called for like a terrible, horrible, really shitty looking B-movie troll costume, No good, very bad script. day. Oh. <laughs> yes, no good, very bad costume design. Um, it was this script and they just like randomly did a really awesome job on one thing and it was 
It's terrifying for children everywhere, I'm sure. I didn't see this when I was a kid, so I don't know. Swap personnel with whoever did the costumes and shit for Mac and me, and I think we've got like a, a, a better society as a whole. We'd at least have more McDonald's involved. <laughs> well, I'm not saying the only way to catch this troll is to go to the McDonald's, but uh, can't see a little extra large fries wouldn't hurt, you know what I mean? Oh, Greg, you're earnest. You're so earnest. Well, I do believe the Big Mac is the only way to catch the troll. I do not know what this special sauce is. So what's That's... what's Ernest Ernest's deal? As someone who didn't grow up in an Ernest watching family, what's his what's his gimmick? What's his thing? Is he just dumb? Like what what is it? Uh he's just an everyman kind of guy. I don't know. He's in all of his movie, he's he's the adult that's very close with the kids. He like relates most to the kids in the movies, right? He does all the slapstick, like all the funny characters and shit. He's like, it's kids movies where our, you know, audience vehicle is this adult, and the adult in the movie relates most to the kids. So we get it, like like oh, Ernest is our friend because we're kids. He's he's the silly guy. He's the buffoon. He's, you know, always taking the kid's side, so we're on his side. He's the kind of liaison between us and the rational adults that want to ruin fun and Halloween or camp or whatever. Watching an adult whose primary friend group is a bunch of eight-year-olds is very creepy from the other side of this age demographic. <laughs> well, it was more charming back then. Sorry to tell you. I don't know. I was a child. <laughs> Maybe it was creepy. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't egregiously creepy. It was like, like, he didn't seem like a creeper, but like, I'm just saying, like, if that was happening in real life and you're watching this as an adult, like, a 40-year-old garbage man whose core support group is a bunch of second graders is, like, not a good sign for someone's, like, judgment and well-being is all I'm saying. Yeah, that tracks. But most of the other adults in these movies are the, um, you know, what Abed says about Robin Williams films, where all the adults just don't want Robin Williams to have fun. Yes. The uh, Patch Adams villains, if I may. Yes. Um, that's kind of the vibe of the Ernest movies. But he always yeah. wins over their hearts by being pure of heart. Yeah. Heart of a child, which I think was mentioned in this movie. I was like, I don't think that's as much of a compliment anymore. Mind of a child. Have the people who write this met children? Their hearts aren't pure. They're very, very selfish creatures. The, the part of their brain that does perspective taking and empathy hasn't grown yet. Well, I guess that tracks with like the kids all either being like absolute boy scouts or complete asshole fucking bullies yeah those bullies were rough bullies they were just mean for the sake of being mean they were some tough customers <laughs> which is the only arthur reference i'll get in here um <laughs> i doubt that <laughs> good man oh <laughs> uh, you know me buddy all right um i haven't even gotten into any notes on this one man like yeah. what do you this got is this is all just off the cuff. Um, I can't believe I made notes on this one. 
I can't believe I made the most notes out of any of the other movies. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> uh, one note, what a waste of perfectly good pizzas. We're testing all the uh, contraptions in the treehouse, and we're just launching pizzas like Frisbees at the bullies. What a waste. I think I was on my phone for that part, because I've got no recollection of it. Will Reno, avert your eyes. Um, so when he, when Ernest is doing all those costume changes, and like you mentioned in your intro song there, putting some darker makeup on, let's say. Um, some might call it brown face. <laughs> some might. He didn't go full John Wayne as Genghis Khan, but... Mm. It's not that he didn't try. He was teetering. <laughs> What's important is that he tried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Are the kids watching all these costume changes? Dude. Like, here's where he just, goes into drag. Here's <laughs> They appeared to be non-diegetic. Like, like it was just this like absolute breakdown of continuity and disregard for your willful suspension of disbelief. And they did it twice, once at a climactic moment of the film, and all for a bit about like niche humor about the Ottoman Empire's history. Like, it, I'm sure, I'm sure the 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 five and under demo was very well versed in the fall of yeah. the Ottoman Empire. We know all about the Ottomans. You prop your feet on them, and they were. Uh... Wait a second. <laughs> what? Well, who was that for? Who was that bit for? There. Yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. And getting back on, I guess, the overall theme here. Who was this for? Because th that joke you'd think would be for the adults, but. I'm an adult, and I'm not laughing. I don't know much and, about the Ottoman Empire either. I know about as much as I did when I was five. I'll, I'll ask my dad his expertise, but, like, dads this whole movie... History. Dads do love history. World War II books galore. Um, <laughs> it's just like, this whole thing was just... It's just got such a childish tone, and then they try to spruce in some jokes for the adults, and they don't really land... And then, with this being so tailored towards, like, a much younger audience, the troll is way too fucking scary. Like we mentioned, it just it just leaves this feeling of, like, this isn't for anybody. Yeah. I, I'm not welcome here, and neither is anybody else. I mean, I think who it's really for, as, as I'm being really harsh on this movie that I have absolutely no love for, um, it's for people who grew up watching it and we're brave enough to make it all the way through because that's oh, just... Oh, you calling me a little coward? I see. No, I I'm a little yellow-bellied. I probably would have been too scared, but, like, the, the whole way... You would have. The whole way through, I was just like, this is just for people who are nostalgic for it. Like, and I'm just not that person, so there's really nothing here for me. I'm sure if, like, a lot of our audience I'd grown up watching Ernest Scared Stupid, I would probably have nostalgia feels for it. But, man, let me tell you guys, you take away those nostalgia feels, and this is a very hard movie to sit through. It is very difficult to pay attention to. Um, I couldn't believe it was only 90 minutes because it felt so damn long. It's so boring. It's a boring fucking movie. Dude, I, I was pleased that it was 90 minutes but it did feel very long yes but that's what she said shut up the alternative <laughs> is a 110 minute movie that doesn't need to be 
which is a lot of movies. Yes. Um, I don't think more on that later. I would normally say more on that later, but I think we're we're in the clear here. I think Scooby um, was mercifully short, yeah. <laughs> uh, with all this talk of high ground, I would have thought George Lucas would have wrote this movie. <laughs> nice. I'm just... I'm just spitballing notes here. Um, there was a very Jar Jar-like character at the focus of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, to defeat these trolls, Misa needs to get some... <laughs> you know. <laughs> to bravely go where no Gungan has gone before. Okay. You, Ernest, you wanna... Ernest P. Binks, if I may. You want to know what made me happy about this movie, Greg? Hmm. The fact that they could not decide if it's unconditional love or milk that destroys the trolls. Like, it just kept going back and forth at random on what destroys the trolls. Unconditional milk. Is fucking milk. <laughs> Mama's milk, they called it. Oh, I would have loved to see a Morton Joe in this. <laughs> My trolls will rise from the ashes, <laughs> and a whorl will splash milk on me. <laughs> Mad Go Max, forth, my... but it's milk instead of water. <laughs> Mad Max with Ernest. It's so instead hot, of Tom Hardy, just it's milk pouring from the city. <laughs> if Jim Varney was still alive, he would have replaced um, Tom Hardy as <laughs> Max. <laughs> Why were the police bossing a garbage man around and telling him how to do his Dude. job? <laughs> I don't know. That's outside of their jurisdiction. That's the city's <laughs> job to manage. They don't care. Because there's three adult <clears throat> main characters. There's a lot of adult characters, but there's like three main characters. And you gotta have a plot come from somewhere, I guess. It's like, what if the sheriff, the mayor, and the lead garbage man were all the adults in power in this <laughs> In this universe. And, you know, we we witness the effects of that. What a world it would be, Greg. What, what a, world a world it would it be. Would be. Wow. <laughs> nice. Um, I thought that the time at the end when they were fighting like 40 trolls and none of them looked as good as the main troll was very Power Rangers-esque and not in a good mm. way. Yeah. Um, I did I did like how all of those minor trolls, I'll call them, troll army. I like how they came out of the ground like it was a stage entrance. Yeah. Like there were a whole, like, like the ground split open. There was like fog and a bright red light and they just emerged from the earth. I thought that was cool. I liked that. But again, this is a movie for babies. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you babies. see those and then you see those costumes in focus you're like oh that's not oh, that cool <laughs> rough <laughs> very troll too they borrowed from the wardrobe department i think mm. uh, <sighs> wow okay that's correct yeah <laughs> do you remember when they picked the weird time to invoke uh the concept of uh <laughs> unconditional love in the heart of a child immediately after a kid said she hated her mom over a halloween costume <laughs> I do remember that. 
wrong I very time much to bring that. up the heart of a child, screenwriters. You're a little piece of shit. I fucking <laughs> hate you, Mom. Hey, Mom. Actually, I really love you. Damn it, I love you too, my kid. Come here for a hug. And then Eartha Kit goes, ah. It's funny you should mention that. I uh, once had sex with Eartha Kit in an airplane bathroom. Fuck! What? It came up organically. <laughs> Come on, Pierce. Uh, uh, Eartha Kit. Uh, Yzma saw... from Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> Madam Zeroni from Holes. She's in this one. I liked her in this movie, and it's no wonder that Pierce banged her in an airport bathroom, which was what I was going to say, and then Denny took it away from me. It was very funny when he did it. Fuck, that's good. I really pulled a Jamie Taco. Uh, I I, I got that line. As soon as I saw her name in the opening credits, I was like, oh, I'm getting this. I'm getting this joke. I'm stealing all of your lines. I'm going to get that joke, Greg. But it's my birthday. <laughs> if I say the joke, the audience doesn't know whose joke it is. <laughs> Funny enough, that's that's the episode of Community I watched uh, the other night that I was telling you. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That, I, I I put this note down like four days after the fact. Um. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything else on this movie? Cause nah, fuck this movie. Let's move I've, on. I got a few gimmicks um, to go through. I got some runner-ups and stuff. So. Gimmick me up, Buttercup. Let's do it. Oh, man. Gimmicks and such. You, you you know what the deal is, guys. You know there's a new gimmick this week. There's a new gimmick every week. It's called the Gimmick of the Week. Denny, what would you say the Gimmick of the Week is this week? Well, last week, since A24 scared the pants off of us, we thought this week... We should keep our pants on. So this week's gimmick is the spooky pants moment. Very open to interpretation. When you had your pants on, it was spooky. You were wearing your spooky pants. Greg, what is your yeah. spooky pants moment? <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm going to give it to Rimshot, the dog, driving the garbage truck. Shut up. Driving the garbage truck and... <laughs> You know, this whole thing is played for a very childish laugh the whole time. And then all of a sudden, Rimshot is driving the garbage truck and runs the troll the fuck over. And we catch it in the wide shot where a person in a costume is run over by a truck. And you know, it's just like, by a dog driving a truck. I don't know how I should feel about this right now. I loved that moment. Ugh. I would watch it. I would watch that part five times before I would watch any other part of this movie. I think I was on my phone for that part because hearing you describing it sound nice, but no imagery came to mind. Yeah, they throw it in reverse, and Rimshot just murders that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he didn't do it with a childish heart or milk or whatever, so we lose. Just whatever. a truck. We found their weakness. A <laughs> truck. It's three axles. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what do you got for your spooky pants moment, bud? I'll just read my note verbatim because um, I think it really captures my emotional state when I was trying to think of gimmicks. I wrote, IDK, I guess the troll face. I didn't like the movie. Uh, so All right. <laughs> go for the troll's face because it was spooky, but uh, 
it didn't make me want to take my pants off you know i would not mm. take my pants off to that face i would not take my pants off to this movie greg what's your favorite line from Ernest scared stupid <sighs> well human sacrifice would definitely be a last resort that's one of my runners up um <laughs> i i had another runner up where it was like the kids like the curse is lifted and the kids come back from being wooden statues and the first thing that one girl says to her mom is i told you <laughs> <laughs> very fucking funny Weird but uh, my... for an i told you so but whatever <laughs> <laughs> it was earned i think she i think the kid was right but my favorite line is Ernest when he first sees the troll in the <laughs> tree saying boy i sure hope you're from keebler <laughs> I didn't catch that i don't think fucking terrific some jokes land that's all i'm gonna say yeah um i'll give a runner-up to uh i've grown too strong for that not even milk can stop me now <laughs> which with or without context <laughs> is a great quote um I prefer my winner without. is uh the only joke that landed for me in the whole movie which is the bark always grows on the outside of the tree as Ernest <laughs> is educating the kids on nature <laughs> i do remember that that was awesome that was a, that made me laugh that was a good line what is your critiker score gregorooney well my critiker score like i said this is a not a family movie but a kids movie that is geared towards kids little tiny babies but it scares the shit out of them so it, it dismisses all audience entry points i don't like that uh i didn't dock a point for turning the dog into a wooden statue because they brought the dog back mm -hmm. but i did dock a point for child Ernest scratching his nails on the chalkboard so i gave this one a 13 out of 40 very nice um yeah i thought of you when rim job was alive um i was like oh it's not his name <laughs> is rim job in the other movies Denny, what's your critic score? <laughs> uh, 15 out of 50. Uh, very similar to yours. Uh, this movie really sucked, and I didn't like it, and I was very bored the whole time. And uh, I hearing so many things from you that I don't remember, despite watching this movie less than a week ago, lets me know that uh, my brain did not deem most of this film important enough to retain for later use, despite <laughs> me knowing that I would be doing a podcast about it. So, <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, it's on YouTube if you want to, you know, fill in the gaps there mentally. Yeah, but I watched I it. Think we, I know the answer to that. <laughs> I watched it stone cold sober at like 10 a.m. on a Saturday, and uh, it did not register with me. <laughs> Rikes, Reggie. Oh, legs like Scoob. I think we're going to need a massive seamless edit to get out of this one. Ree! <laughs> uh, seamless edity edity do. Where are you? We've got some I'm... podcasting to do now, if I may. Scooby fucking do, ladies and gentlemen. The hits just keep name. rolling here on Movies for When. SFD himself, Scooby fucking do. Um, who dressed up like a grandma in a post-9-11 world and managed to board a plane. I'm glad you brought it up because this is just a post 9-11 take on Scooby-Doo. Like that, that was just in my notes and it's everything that's wrong with it. It's Scooby-Doo for a jaded world and fuck that. 
Who was it? Was that um, Dylan that posted a picture of the, like, what they shot while they were filming Scooby Doo dressed as a grandma Jesus, in the airport? That was upsetting was for me. A More man in a green than mask. The actual CGI that was in the movie. <laughs> Dylan right. also got a tattoo based on this movie this week. I love him for that. I think that's the coolest shit. No, I it. actually do think that's really cool. It's a cool tattoo. Like, it's pretty sweet. The tattoo itself is pretty great. I like his reason for getting it, and like, I fully support anybody that loves this movie. But um, I yeah, if shut up. All right, I'll be the voice of love and reason and empathy here. Denny will be the voice of malice and cynicism. Sure. Only for these next few minutes. Uh, I am the a next movie. After all. He is a therapist, after all, so I get to be the empathetic one. <laughs> Our next film today is going to be Scooby-Doo, the live-action film from 2002. And where can you... I'm done rhyming. Where can you view it? This is a double whammy here. It's actually on Netflix and HBO Max. So Ooh. take your pick. Whatever you got, you can watch it there. Um, not on YouTube. Sorry, uh, Ernest fans. So, Scooby-Doo, 2002. Denny, this is the audience selection. Uh, do you want to summarize this one, or should I summarize this one? What are you thinking? Are you in the mood for it? I'm really not. Why don't you summarize it? You're not in the Scooby-Dooby mood, so I'll go for it. Uh, Scooby-Doo is a movie that I saw when I was a lot younger and then watched while I was drinking too much, so I remember half of the plot. Here it goes. <laughs> the Scooby gang has pretty much... Okay. Okay, here's another problem. Uh-oh. I just realized this. There is a an animated Scooby-Doo, like, short film on HBO Max that we watched, like, later that night. So I'm confusing the plots of both of these films. And I can't now I'm excited remember. to see how it goes. <laughs> I can't remember which of these two movies had the gang, like, they're solved, they solved all the mysteries. Okay, that's the animated one. All right, I'm back on track. All right. Something's afoot on an island, right? Yes. The gang has somehow been summoned to an island to solve a mystery, I think. Or they warm won a contest. Yes, warm. Keep going. <laughs> Why can't I remember this? And they all then, broke up over petty differences to start the movie off. Oh, yeah. So they solve a mystery. They break up, and they've all been summoned together on an island. They're like, oh, what are you doing here? You're coming here, too? Zoinks, me and Scoob are always here. And then the gang's all back together on an island, and they realize something really jinky is going on here. And they try to find out the mystery of what's really going on on the island. There's a little horror theme park. It's all in good fun. There's some CGI purple dog monsters. Um, Mr. Bean himself is guiding the tour. And turns out, little fucking rat menace Scrappy-Doo is behind it all. And he's pulling the strings of everybody and trying to mind control everybody on the island. It's up to, everyone, up to the gang to free everyone's mind and have a party. I... <laughs> I wasn't sober for this watch through. Sorry, guys. That was a lackluster summary. Uh, for a lackluster movie. Um, 
my relationship with this movie is I saw it in theaters in what I assume was 2002 and yes. I thought it really sucked and I never watched it again until the audience voted for it and I thought it sucked even more on a second pass. I do not like this movie. Greg, do you have a relationship with it prior to getting drunk watching it? Uh, I think I also watched it in theaters and I thought it I thought it was fine. You know, I would have been like 12 at the time. I was like, yeah, this is fine. But I just, I just never watched it again. And then watched it again just uh, last weekend. And thought it was fine. I think I'm a little bit higher on it than... Well, I'm more than a little. I'm a lot higher on this movie than you are. I had a good bit of fun watching it this time. Um, I'll just kind of open up with my main thought on this movie is... Perfect casting. 10 out of 10. Everybody was cast perfectly. Dylan, you know, all all the Scooby gang, 10 out of 10. Great job. Do you know how they made that happen? Vanessa did some research. She found Ooh, something interesting. That's why she's the producer of the show. What did she find? So basically, every actor in this, except for Matthew Lillard, has like disowned the movie. Um, mm. Because it's so not what they signed up for. Um, it was going to be a PG-13 script with a lot of cool stuff in it. Um, like Daphne and Velma were going to be love lovers. Um, there was just lots of cool ideas that they sold people like Linda Cardellini and Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Lillard. Um, not Sarah and, Jessica Parker. What's which, which Sarah Jessica is it? <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr.'s wife. Um, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is the, the woman from Sex in the City. Sarah, oh, Michelle, Sarah, uh, Michelle Sarah Michelle Geller. Geller. I knew it was yeah, there you go. A lot of consonants uh, and a Sarah and three names. Um, yeah. But yeah, basically the script got fucked with by the studio into being this and it pissed everyone off a lot. I do feel like a, a little bit of that kind of more adult focused script just cut does kind of seep through every now there's and moments. then there's moments yeah Th there are moments but yeah i i would understand the upsetness but yeah like i said the uh the animated movie i watched like the brand new scooby-doo thing matthew lillard is the voice of shaggy again. oh awesome yeah and i was like well like this voice is like we were looking at it where we were my wife and I were watching and we're like, holy shit, like Shaggy's the only good voice in here. Oh, it's Matthew Lillard again. Everyone else kind of fucking blows. <laughs> but uh, Anthony Kerrigan was in that one. He is uh, from Barry. He's oh. NoHo Hank. He was in oh, that one. Oh, NoHo Hank is the man. <laughs> uh, he's the king of Scooby-Doo Mountain. Uh, <laughs> Greg, I, I've, I've got to call you out. Ah, I know why you liked this movie more than me. Is it because we got the band back together? Speed run. Speed run mm. of breaking up the band and getting them back together. <laughs> yes. Record time. <laughs> it, it took like 10 minutes. I'm sure it was one of the most gratifying experiences of your life. <laughs> and, like the rest of the movie didn't even matter, honestly. <laughs> and like... then when they finally united with Scrappy... <laughs> We broke them up and we brought them right back together. <laughs> That's just act one. Uh, yeah, no shit I was into this one. Like, I don't know, man. I I think I had I was I was having a lot more fun with this than you. The shitty CGI I found more of like 
an endearing kind of part of the movie. Like those big shitty purple CGI dogs. I was like chuckling with like, oh, those are terrible. I'm having fun though. Are you nostalgic for PlayStation Two or something? Like it's some yeah, fashion. yes. I saw that in theaters in 2002, and it was like, this looks like shit, and it's not gonna age well. It's funny to me. I I'm I'm not like it, that. That's not the movie winning me over. That's me having fun for the wrong reason. Fair enough. And I I do I do I, I'm enjoying myself. Whether the movie did it on purpose or not doesn't matter. I had fun with it. <laughs> see for me like there were two big sins in this movie one of them was bad cgi which i find deeply offensive because it reminds me that no one uses practical effects anymore and it pisses me off um the other was blonde isla fisher that is that is wrong you can't oh, yeah. do that it shouldn't be allowed <laughs> this should be illegal <laughs> Uh, Denny would like to speak to Scooby-Doo's manager. Yeah, 46-year-old Isla Fisher, by the way. Um, she was 46 in this movie? No, she's 46 now. Oh. It's <laughs> like, how fucking... Is she, like, 60 now? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Still looks great. Um, I, I put this note down. I don't remember this. I think Shaggy says... He's like talking shit about ghosts, and then he does the fucking Marvel thing. He's like, oh, there's a ghost right behind me, isn't there? And I actually laughed. It's It felt like a... This is a Country Bears thing where it's like, oh, they're doing a parody of a thing I hate, and it's actually funny here, but it's not a parody. It's a genuine joke, but I'm taking it as a parody because it's so bad that I'm laughing for this l unintended layer of comedy, and that's maybe where some of my enjoyment for this movie is coming from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here being like, I wasn't willing to crawl up my own ass twice just to get this movie, <laughs> so I can't join you there. <laughs> I didn't need to get it. <laughs> this movie I was just... Was... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, you're good, you're good. This movie was competing with folding laundry for my investment, and it was losing. Like, I was, like, way more into my laundry piles than this movie. Dude, I had just had, like, a heavy dinner, and we were drinking and everything. I was just like, how can I sink deeper into this couch and just laugh at shit that I'm not supposed to? <sighs> this is a vibes movie, man. You gotta just watch these people and this dog and just wonder which member of Slipknot they're gonna catch next. <laughs> like, I hated the vibes. I hated them. Vanessa agreed with me. I'm not alone in this. The vibes were, they were trying to shake you. Like, we're having a fart contest. I was just like, okay. This is, if... like, infantile humor. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty bad. Well, I mean, it was kind of mature when Scrappy-Doo gave Daphne that golden shower. That was hot. Oh, jeez. Oh, jinkies, I should say. Whose job uh... do you think it was to CGI Scrappy-Doo's piss onto Sarah Michelle Gellar? <laughs> do you think they got a lot of work in the industry after that fantastic work <laughs> that wasn't practical <laughs> just held up a little dog had it pee all over for the love of the art i do <laughs> for the love of the art <laughs> i'm glad you acknowledged it man that's something i do love is just like scrappy do is just such like a fan least favorite 
Yeah. Like nobody that's a fan of this series in any capacity enjoys Scrappy Doo. No. And I do I do like that this movie was like, hey, you know where everything went fucking wrong here? Yeah. When we, yeah. When we had Scrappy Doo, it felt like that was like the PG thirteen themes kind of seeping through is just like, yeah, actually we fucking hated this guy. We're not gonna pretend that we're all friends. And I'll, I kind of wish. That. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wish they had left it at that instead of making him like the main villain. Because that was such a good, like, series joke or in-joke of just, like, we're acknowledging that nobody actually likes Scrappy-Doo, so we're going to actually have the characters hate him, too. Yeah. That's so fucking funny to me. No, that was a good bit. I even thought the Scrappy reveal as the mastermind was actually kind of kind of neat. I didn't like anything about the execution or the way it looked, or the way it felt, or the things characters said, or the things that happened on the screen. But the concept of Scrappy as the mastermind was a good reveal, I thought. Yeah. I, like, even the worst movies can have a pretty solid twist, yeah. so to speak. I don't know if I'd call this a twist, but yeah, I think I'd say so. it's a twist. That counts as a twist, I would say. Yes. It's on, the, it's on that end of the spectrum, yes. Mr. Shyamalan would approve of it, I'm sure. Ah podcast favorite mr night Shyamalan. <laughs> i can't wait to see that new movie of his man what is did it? you watch the trailer for that one uh it's got david bautista i don't think and... i saw it no oh there's like a family taking a little trip to a cabin and david bautista and like a bunch of cult members are like we have to kill one of you to prevent the apocalypse and it's like oh shit what's gonna oh, happen i'll watch that that sounds good I that movie sounds cool as shit um still uh jury's still out on the beach that makes you old co-starring the... never gonna watch that i don't care about that at all it's got the kid from hereditary what could go wrong um clearly i haven't seen hereditary <laughs> you know i have so <laughs> uh since we're talking about hereditary and m night Shyamalan in general do you want to get into gimmicks for Scooby-Doo, my friend? I'd be delighted to be done talking about this shitty movie. Thank you. Uh, wow. Okay. I uh, <laughs> I wanted to give you a platform, but at the same time, I don't know. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm contradicting a lot of your takes because I did have a lot of fun. You're allowed to have fun. I just had absolutely none, and it's hard for me to participate. Um, none, none fun. Yeah. Denny, what was your uh, spooky pants moment for Scooby-Doo? Scooby and drag fucking haunted my dreams, man. Um, that was horrible. Hmm. That was the scariest moment of the movie for me. That was uncomfortable in every way. Now, for me, I don't know if this was explicitly like stated why this happened, but when the Scrappy reveal happened and he just like metamorphosizes into like a gigantic dog... Was that explained why he turned huge? And like, because that's my moment, is hit, like Scrappy Dude just turning into a gigantic monster and like all the fingers popping that's out. Like creepy. he's a monster yeah. from Space Jam. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that was my pick. Some of Mike's secret stuff is why he transformed, if you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying a few uh, Looney Tunes characters would have elevated this film quite a bit. Uh, maybe Dylan can tell me about why uh, Scrappy changed, anamorphed into a bigger, uh, into a uh, final boss from the It 
franchise. Dylan, please comment your answers on our Facebook post. <laughs> Greg <laughs> needs to know this. I need to be informed. Help me. Oh, Eleven doesn't like Scrappy Doo. Uh, Denny, what's your what's your favorite line from Scooby Doo? <laughs> uh, my favorite line is. Go home before evil befalls your little aerobicized booty. That was a well-arranged sentence that I was impressed with. Well-arranged sentence is a well-arranged well phrase. I do Thank like you. that. Um, that was a well-arranged compliment. I started my way through it, but I'm glad you recognize the construction. Uh, <laughs> my favorite line was... Uh, we're like three trippy peas in a far out pod, man. Shaggy had some bangers in this one, bro. I did also like uh, Mary Jane. That's my favorite name from Shaggy. That was that was a nice <laughs> little moment. Uh-oh. What could he mean by that? <laughs> you know, Greg, Mary... we're kind of like two little peas in a far out pod cast. Oh, shit. Because ah, it's a podcast. Got him. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Uh, I'm scared to ask what your Critiker score is. 10 out of 50. Uh, I'm being extra harsh on it because they turned a lot of money and a proven concept that was an absolute layup into hot garbage. And it was written as though they thought the appeal of the show was how petty and insecure all the characters were. And that's what made it so popular. Because that's what they focused on most in this movie. Mm. Um, anything that is technically coherent gets at least a 10 from me. So this is about the biggest fuck you I can give this movie in good faith. I did not like it. <laughs> you're just... Technically, you're a movie. Moving yes. on. <laughs> yes. And again... I'm extra harsh on movies that like had reasons to be better. <laughs> right? Like this, mm -hmm. this is uh, the, the money and the built-in format that they just couldn't seem to do something with that points away 10 out of 50. I did not like this movie at all. <sighs> Fair enough, man. Well, I don't think it's good, but I appreciate it a lot, and I had a ton of fun with it. So I gave this one a 21 out of 40. Uh, mathematically, it's more than double what Denny gave it. <laughs> I, th I think that's fair. I don't think it's a high-scoring movie or particularly great, but I did have a lot more fun with it. So this is a fair score. And I never watched the sequel to this one, return to monster island or whatever that was and i'm mm -hmm. not really looking forward to watching that anytime soon that will don't suggest it for next year i'm not <laughs> i can't believe we wasted a spooky season pick on this hey man the, we we had some high highs we gotta have some low lows you want to do frozen again we could do frozen again i'll do frozen again it's oh, like our best episode here <laughs> sarah oh christ what was that movie's called wet what was it night screams night screams we can say wet wet screams wet dreams <laughs> wet, wet dreams is there a night screams wet, wet dreams, dreams may come night night screams too wet dreams uh <laughs> <laughs> is that on the docket for next year jesus yes oh <laughs> 11 says no 11 is just participating tonight 
Speaking of participating, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah! Oh, man, Greg, that was a great segue you just did. I'm pretty good at this. I'm an expert, as you may know. But, uh, yeah, Rocky Horror Picture Show, that's our next movie. A 1975 movie that you can watch. If you have Amazon Prime, you could just watch it. You don't need to rent it, purchase it, nothing like that. I think it it's also on hulu if i'm not mistaken i think it is uh, i think i watched it on hulu because i was tired of prime i think i remember making this decision of like mm, let's change it yeah. up a little bit let's switch apps i've been in front of the tv for a long time i need some variety you were so pissed that you paid for earn a scared stupid instead of watching it on youtube that you were just <laughs> like get me off amazon oh yeah rocky horror picture show is available to you through a number of different avenues denny this is your pick yes. for movies for when you're looking for not so scary scares. Uh, do you want to summarize? Yes, I will. Um, All right. Brad and Janet uh, recently get engaged in the town of Denton, Texas. Yes, this movie is set in Denton, Texas. And if it weren't for some sort of issue with like a strike or something, it was going to be shot here, um, which is awesome. And I am upset that the Alamo Draft House in Denton recently rethemed itself from being a Rocky Horror one to a Disney themed one. Fuck that. Truly upsetting because they had to take on the old decor from the theater they closed by me, which is yep. incredibly upsetting. That's just rubbing it in your face, man both of our faces this sucks for everybody the last movie i watched in that theater was fucking new mutants that sucks that's bullshit covid didn't give us a lot of options okay you're right i had to go see tenet do you know what that was like for me no because i haven't seen it yet <laughs> don't based on statements like that exactly um rocky horror set in denton texas uh brad and janet are driving when unfortunately they get a flat tire thankfully they're right next to a castle um they go inside and they meet a bunch of unconventional conventionalists who are for some reason doing this dance they call the time warp um and then from uh above emerges dr frankenfurter tim curry the star of the show he sings him a little ditty and invites them up to see his experiment um, his experiment is that he's figured out the key to life and he has made a perfect man full of muscle to be his lover. Um, unfortunately, one of his past lovers, Meatloaf, Eddie, uh, burst out and also sings a song and Frank has to kill him. Uh, that was Meatloaf? Frank, that was Meatloaf, yeah. Meatloaf is Eddie. Oh, shit. I yeah. thought his name was Robert Paulson. Fuck you. <laughs> you just got me. <laughs> But for real, I didn't know that was it. Oh, okay. I thought you were doing it just to do the bit. I was like, you bastard. Both. It's a win-win for me. Yep, that was Meatloaf, um, a.k.a. Robert Paulson. Um, in death, a member of Project Rocky has a name. Um, but <laughs> Frankenfurter goes on to seduce not only Rocky, but uh, the sexually prude, prudential Brad and Janet. Um, he awakens something in all of them. Um, Riff Raff, the, the, uh, the caretaker, I suppose, uh, starts chasing Rocky around with fire. Um, then Dr. Von Scott shows up, um, and, uh, accuses them of being aliens. <laughs> Everyone in the castle, <laughs> um, and they invite him to dinner where Frank feeds them Eddie. 
Um, we find out that uh, Frank and Eddie were lovers, uh, then Frank and Columbia were lovers, then Columbia and Eddie were lovers, and now Columbia's mad at Frankenfurter for being such an asshole to all his lovers all the time and chopping them up and feeding them to his relatives. Um, Frank <laughs> turns everyone to stone and then puts them in a floor show in fishnets and makeup, sings an inspiring number about Rose tinting his world and keeping him safe from his trouble and pain and how you shouldn't dream it but be it. Uh, then Riff Raff and Magenta come and tell him, Frankenfurter, it's all over. Your mission is a failure. Your lifestyle's too extreme. I'm your new commander. You are now my prisoner. We return to Transylvania. Prepare the transit beam. He kills Frank. He kills Rocky. He lets all the humans go. And then the castle blasts off into the sky. Rocky Horror Picture Show, ladies and gentlemen. Well done. Just like I remember it. Thank you. Hell yeah. Thank you. Uh, Greg, um, what's your relationship with Rocky Horror? I'd never seen this movie, actually. My only relationship to this movie is what I saw in The Perks of Being a Wallflower. So ah, that, that's, that's that's all I knew about it was a couple songs. I was it, it was it was nice watching this movie and being like, Oh, this is this is the part where Emma Watson sings a song that shouldn't be part of a high school production in yes. context. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is wildly inappropriate for kids <laughs> to be reenacting. <laughs> yeah. No, no, high school freshman Charlie, touch my breasts. Um, <laughs> it's part of the show. Uh, yeah. No. I'll, yeah, that's my that's my relationship with it. Uh, before we go further, what's yours? Um, this is tied for first with Beetlejuice as my favorite movie of all time. Um, I've seen this movie countless times. I've seen it in theaters. I've seen it with the shadow cast. I've seen it at a drive-in during COVID. Um, I stayed up until 4 a.m. memorizing the time warp uh, beat for beat in ninth grade. Uh, this spoke powerfully to me as a kid who felt very different. Uh, this movie about self-acceptance and embracing your weirdness and celebrating it. Um, I could not tell you how many times I've seen it. Last Saturday, I almost didn't watch it uh, just because I'm going to go see it on Halloween night at the Alamo Draft House this year, and I'm pretty excited Whoa. about it. And I was like, Hell I yeah. might want to might want to build up the Antissa patient for it. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, but no, I sat down. It was the third of five movies I watched on Saturday, and I was just in my happy place the whole time man this movie brings me so much joy so much joy in my heart hell yeah <sighs> i'm glad i'm really glad to hear that man i i knew you loved this movie you've got you know the poster of it somewhere in the room you're in yep i've got the japanese poster that yeah. now alamo draft house denton no longer has on display um and it's right to my left here I've got a whole shelf. Big sad. I have two Rocky Horror Picture Show posters in this room. That rainbow one over my shoulder is also Rocky Horror. And mm -hmm. if you look under the rainbow one, you can see my Rocky Horror Picture Show collectible shelf. <laughs> I've got a whole shelf dedicated to it. Hey, maybe we'll post it on social media. Oh, shit. I should do on that. On the internet. <laughs> you guys familiar with sharing photographs on the internet these days? Yowza yes. wowza. You can post a JPEG right to your MySpace. <laughs> it's pretty impressive once you get, stuff once you get through my uh fallout boy playlist you'll see the uh <laughs> the picture that i wanted you to see uh yeah so no red jumpsuit apparatus here it's a uh, rocky horror picture show i 
this was my first time watching it all the way through. I had a good time. I definitely got the vibe that this was kind of like to a much, much lesser extent what you were talking about with Ernest Scared Stupid is like it's for people that are nostalgic for it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, much lesser extent here, not exclusively for that group. It's also just for theater kids, and you're not a theater kid. <laughs> that that was my next thing is like this is for 16-year-olds in theater that are watching this and being like, oh, this is a this is a media that speaks to me as a weird kid. I'm a theater kid. I'm an outcast. I'm a weirdo. And I, I did not do theater in high school or ever. So wasn't really my thing. Wasn't on my radar at all. Uh, didn't stop me from enjoying it. Didn't stop me from loving Tim Curry in it. So yeah, I, I wasn't, I went into the, I went into this thing with like almost no expectations and I felt pretty satisfied by the end of it, but completely understanding why you loved it so much. Aw, thanks. I'm glad you liked it, because it's so... Like, if you're not paying close attention, some of the plot can be hard to follow. And I was worried you were going to text me and just be like, so what happened in that movie that seemed to have lots of songs in it? I feel like that's still a valid question to ask, is what exactly happened. But, you know, you kind of laid it out, summarized it. I think at a certain point I was like what's happening doesn't really matter mm-hmm. like at a certain point that just clicked i was like it doesn't really matter exactly what's happening just go with the flow and enjoy what you're watching and i was able to have a much better time for that hell yeah hell yeah give me some give me some takes i mean like i'm i'm, I'm so much more interested in hearing your thoughts on this movie as a first time watcher than i am in sharing mine uh-oh uh that's unfortunate because i took almost no notes here <laughs> i took no notes too you know my only note <laughs> what what is it love it or hate it you've got to admit this is the best rocky we've covered on the show ah uh, <laughs> swish <laughs> that's a swish baby thank you I, oh let me let me double check something here because i i do think this movie is better than the original rocky i want to make sure i didn't rate things incorrectly here uh <laughs> okay yeah we're good we're in the clear so and it's technically less rapey than the original rocky <laughs> technically yes i think i was kind of i was getting more of a feel for like a comedy horror kind of movie yeah like again i didn't know anything about it so like in perks of being a wallflower where they're like we need a new rocky I thought that was the main character. I thought that was the Tim Curry character was named Rocky. Yeah, yeah. I, I did too before I'd seen it. I just assumed. Yeah, and then they got... um, What's his face from that movie to uh, dress up in like the gold underwear. Again, this... How did a high school production do this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they had a budget for that shadow cast and, and perks. They, they had a budget and they turned a blind eye towards a lot of things. So, whatever enough about that movie uh yeah i guess i was just a little surprised left and right like oh rocky is this character and i really found myself just loving the doc dr frankenfurter character yes in general and especially tim curry's performance of it i was having so much fun with it yes. like the the 
like we've covered many times before like i don't like musicals very much at all me neither and this is my favorite movie (laughs) and and again like once we got to the point where i realized like oh you don't if you're trying to follow the narrative you're not having a good time so i just stopped and i just i was having a lot more fun with the songs ah man tim curry i love the way that the character turns on a dime to being like intimidating yes it's like this fun whimsical expressive and free individual and then just like <laughs> kind of reverse back to like mad scientist yes kind of vibes i i, I really enjoyed those character shifts and yeah um, yeah i mean like you can tell that they ran it as a stage play with uh everyone except brad and janet was in the stage play uh they switched american actors for that as a compromise for keeping the rest of them and i'm like every time i watch this movie i'm just like the character of frankenfurter is just so in tim curry's bones like he's Mm -hmm. just gotten so familiar with this character and perfected every single nuance of it because he's done the production so many times that it's just like it has a life of its own man like i don't think of it as tim curry i think of it as dr frankenfurter yeah exactly and you know we discussed on our patreon episode about the uh the original it with tim curry he'll just elevate a role beyond what it needs to be and and this one it feels more like a role that was written for him to be performed by him so yeah i was all about it you know riffraff wrote it all though the rap artist no um richard o'brien the uh the guy with blonde hair and a skullet oh yeah i'm familiar with him yeah i was i was making a joke oh (laughs) about houston rapper riffraff well could have fooled me because i totally Hmm. know i totally know who that is just like harry styles Mm mm-hmm he was in the backstreet boys right yes Uh, (laughs) all right what, what else you got on this movie man man what do i not got on this movie like i've got a million pieces of trivia i've got a million things i like i've got absolutely nothing i don't like ask ask me a question about this movie what's what's for a first time watcher what would be an interesting piece of trivia that i would find either surprising or like would um would change my perspective on the movie maybe um i've got a couple (laughs) um longest running theatrical release in the history of the world still going holy shit continuous yeah it's there's a uh there's a theater i want to say in england um where it has been playing since 1975 at least once a week no way that's so cool yeah i i love i love that that does make me appreciate it more hell yeah you see i asked and you delivered well done uh susan sarandon had a 104 degree fever for much of the shooting of this movie couldn't tell she fucking crushed it i'm pretty sure she had pneumonia this is their uh michael jordan flu game of cinematic performances (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah pretty impressive um typically frankenford or sorry typically eddie and dr scott are played by the same actor in the stage show and it was usually meatloaf he was pissed uh that he didn't get to do it in the movie (laughs) 
Um, they also, uh, there was a night in the stage show where Tim Curry got sick and Meatloaf played Frankenfurter, which I wish there was video oh, of because I would have no. loved to fucking see that. That rips, dude. That's so cool. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same sentiment. I wish I could see that. Ooh, I've got more that'll enhance your appreciation of its Please. place in history. So this is written by uh, Richard O'Brien, who is, I don't even know what he identifies as. If he identifies as anything, he's just all over the place with gender and sexuality. Um, and he loves old sci-fi. So this was his love mm-hmm. letter to old sci-fi. But um, cool. as you know, the Hayes Code was a thing. Um, where part of the Hayes Code in America was um, if there was an effeminate man or someone who was coded gay, they had to be the villain. Um, And so this is him looking at the genre he loves and how the people like him were always bad guys in those genres. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's kind of the inspiration for Frankenfurter. And it's awesome because this just became one of the only for a long time safe spaces for the LGBT community to like assemble in. And um, that's where the like midnight showing culture started. Uh, I just think it's super cool that like a movie was the nexus of this cultural movement of people who feel excluded. Um, It's, it's just, it's just a next level thing for me. Like it gets bonus points for that. That's so awesome, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. (sighs) <sighs> i want to give more of a platform for you to gush i think i gushed myself out <laughs> now my brain is blank <laughs> this is like a gushers commercial your head is a bunch of raspberries now um what's your what's your favorite song in the movie i i think maybe because i saw it in um perks of being a wallflower i really liked be it like that mm, that final number so but i i really liked you better wise up janet weiss yes it's so much fun it's so fucking good like it's it's, it's so it's so cool um i think at a certain point i was starting to feel like a few of the songs were starting to sound kind of samey mm-hmm. but like i think that one started breaking things up and really going for a different tone i was like okay yeah i'm back on board this is pretty cool and then like the last couple of songs really carried the movie to a a really satisfying conclusion yes oh i love them so much um i think my favorite is the floor show song rose tent my world i plan to get a tattoo of columbia's face with uh with those lyrics on it because Um, you've you've said on this show multiple times regarding your taste in film in general rose tint my world yep that's that's where it's from <clears throat> i was wondering man because like yeah i was watching this i was like i think i know why denny says that now and i think it's because of this movie <laughs> it is it is and like you know we've talked a lot recently about how you prefer you prefer a more gritty reality type of movie and i'm definitely which is why i love scooby-doo yes yeah. <laughs> the country bears the, the gritty realism of it all um mm-hmm. Well, there, there's always a getting the band back together loophole in everyone's taste, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, man, you know, through so much, like, mental illness and suffering in my life, um, movies have been what made life palatable for me. 
Um, and it's, it's nice that I'm like, I'm not really in a place where I feel like I need that anymore. Like I don't need to escape like I used to. Um, but man, I'll always appreciate just the relationship I had with movies in those times of extreme suffering. And I think when they're doing the floor show and singing Rose Tent My World, keep me safe from my trouble and pain. It's just like, just like my heart song, man. Like, it's just so fucking awesome. A bunch of weird people discovering things about themselves they're uncomfortable with, dancing in fishnets and face paint. And then you have mm-hmm. what is my favorite reveal in cinema history when Dr. Scott's in his wheelchair, and I think he's in a wheelchair with a blanket on him in the movie just so they can do this. Um, when he's singing... Uh, we've uh we've got to get out of this trap before his decadence zaps our wits um or my mind may well snap and my life will be lived for the thrills and then he pulls the blanket back um to reveal his shock that his leg is in fishnets (laughs) and heels it's so good man i really liked that part because the fishnet covered legs acted independent from his body yeah. it felt like... <laughs> i genuinely felt like those legs were kicking despite his yeah. <laughs> his intentions yeah. he's just going along with the number like i don't i can't stop them <laughs> they just keep kicking oh man yeah you meant you mentioned this earlier but like the so this is yeah we're doing spooky season halloween movies spooky not scary this week right mm-hmm. there's some horror elements in this movie i thought it was this is good horror comedy of having the dinner being revealed that like oh we're actually eating eddie yeah and like i love the way they reveal it they just like make a slight reference to it yes. everyone on screen realizes it puts their knives and forks down and they don't mention it again basically well but rocky keeps eating which is my favorite part he's the one person <laughs> in the room that doesn't get it and he's just digging in <laughs> exactly it's just that's that horror element that really kind of completes the experience of this movie uh, for me at least mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um i've got a horror element that i think will enhance your appreciation um mm. so are you familiar with hammer horror films no what's up it's what a it's a studio from the uk that made so many um so many horror movies like lots and lots and lots of them uh christopher christopher lee is their count dracula um Oh fuck! Who's Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars? One second. Uh, oh, uh, I can't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. Uh, Will Huff Tarkin. Oh, that's the character's name. Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> he's uh, he's Doctor Frankenstein. His uh, name's also Tarkin. <laughs> but the way that the Frankenstein monster gets created in those. Um, is the way Rocky gets created in this. He's like laying in a crate and they're dumping like a potion that contains the secret to life. So that's something that that's a horror element that's really lost on the American element or on the American audience. 
but the fact that he's basically making a, a gay Frankenstein, you know, like he's doing the Frankenstein mm-hmm. formula, but it lights up the, the crate in a rainbow. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that's a super neat nod and something a lot of uh, Americans who haven't watched the Hammer Horror Frankenstein starring Peter Cushing may not may not catch. <laughs> I do I do appreciate the context there because I thought it was just like one of those neat little science experiments where like this colored gas is actually lighter than this colored gas so they sit on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And they do that in a little crate. But, yeah, I'm glad to know it's deeper than that. That's actually really cool. It's pretty sweet, I thought. I feel like you should just hammer me with more facts because I am easy to impress and I'm open to being impressed. Now I'm on the spot. Um, Susan Sarandon won't talk about this movie in interviews because the actors don't get DVD royalties. They don't get any money from the sale. So she's like, oh, boo. Right? That sucks. Um, they shot it in a real castle. <laughs> um, was it also in Denton, Texas? No. No? Damn. The skeleton oh. in the clock, do you remember that? Yes, I do. Real human skeleton. Um, <laughs> a woman had her husband made into a clock, and they used it for the movie. Mm. Um, you remember when uh, Dr. Scott burst through that wall when they have him magnetized? Yes. Well, they did that because on the set to that room, they forgot to build a door for him to enter through. <laughs> so they realized the character had no way into the room, so they just threw him through the wall. <laughs> yeah, this production has a lot of, you know what, fuck it kind of vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much that's what it one was. one of those moments. Like, they were, like, dragging him up the stairs with, like, a wire that you could clearly see was, like, splitting the carpet. And then they just threw him through a fucking wall and i was like oh okay we escalated <laughs> this good to know the context behind that um there's a horrible sequel called shock treatment that still has really good music but the songs are horror or the the movie is terrible and impossible to follow i will not be watching that the original pitch was for um susan sarandon to be pregnant with frank's baby um and for brad and dr scott to be married because of their sexual awakening at the frankenstein place and they Mm -hmm. have to resurrect dr frankenfurter for reasons and i always wish that movie got made because i'd watch the shit out of that (laughs) can i just say i think dr scott fucking blows what i don't like dr scott he's the guy in the wheelchair right yeah so we're clear yeah okay i didn't i didn't really like him that much why not i don't know he just He just, he's just talking his lines in the song. He's not really singing. He's not really fun. He's just kind of there to move the plot along. Yeah, something had to eventually. (laughs) I guess so. I kind of like the, you know, the feel of Brad and Janet just like, no, we got to phone somebody to fix our car. Where's the telephone? And they're just like, no, we're just fully into this fucking weirdo world of song and science and magic and weirdness that we're just going to forget about all that. And then Dr. Scott shows up. He's like, actually, reality has set in. I'm here to not sing anything. I'm in a wheelchair. I, I, like I said, I do love him in the wheelchair, like with the fishnet legs and everything. I thought that was great. 
But up until that point, I thought he was kind of a, a bit of a wet blanket. Okay, I'll give you that. Dr. Scott is the least interesting character in the movie, uh, where everyone is a pretty interesting character, but I still like the guy. I don't got any beef with him. Yeah, I guess it's not beef. It's just like, for me, coming from a place of like never having seen it, having no real appreciation for it, it's just like, mm -hmm. who's this little stick in the mud? I'm trying to have yeah, some yeah. fucking fun here. Grr. <laughs> Stay Fair over enough. the stay over there where things make sense. I'm I'm getting used to the nonsense over here. Come on. <laughs> Just all the random bullshit that Frank's doing. Give me my nonsense. <laughs> I ask. I beg. I plead. Alright, Greg, are you about ready to gimmick it up for this week? Hmm. I think so. I think we're ready to close the week out with some gimmicks. Greg, what is your spooky pants moment? I think for me it's like realizing oh shit it really is aliens <laughs> they kind of they kind of make a couple joke references about you know frankenfurter being an alien and then it's just like uh riff raff and uh magenta was her name yeah they they come back and they're like aliens like oh we got to take you back to the planet you've lost control you're out of control you're too wild and crazy you love to party too much we're aliens. I was like, oh, shit, they're really aliens. <laughs> I really liked that. Nothing in this movie really scared me, scared me. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't, this isn't, oh, horrors in the title, but it's not really in the themes. So, yeah, yeah. I got to pick a an enjoyable moment played for like a kind of a turn on your mindset of the movie. Yeah, I, I, one also turned my mindset. It's the only moment in the movie that, like, really reeks of horror to me, other than, like, the schlocky B-movie stuff that they do a lot of the time, which I love. Um, and it's uh, when Frank is chopping up Eddie in the freezer. Um, oh, my God. It's so abrupt, and it just kills all the good times, and it always has me uneasy. Like, the way they shot that, where you can't see it all, but then... You get a glimpse of Eddie's limp carcass in the back while Frank's walking away covered in blood and high heels. Like, whew, that's my spooky pants moment right there. I, I love that moment, man. I think it's yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> I kind of wish I had picked it. Not going to lie. It's so damn good. Well, uh, you still got to pick another amazing moment that I have a sweatshirt of. So There you go. It's, it's really jarring, and you're just like... Oh, right. I should actually be scared of this character. Yeah. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your favorite line? Uh, it is a song lyric. Surprise, surprise. Mm. A mental mind fuck can be nice. Oh. Oh, so good. Oh, man. That one really stuck out. It It's just like. I think I realized at that point, like, I don't think anyone really dropped any F-bombs in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh. they just do the one and make it impactful. It hits. It hits hard. Yeah, it's good. It's so good. Tim Curry's delivery of that line, just like his delivery of every line, is just on another mm. level, man. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give a runner-up to... You're a hot dog. But you'd better not try and hurt her. 
Frankenfurter, which I love. <laughs> um, but I've already I've already kind of given away my favorite one, and it's uh, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. And if you see it in the theater, the whole audience yells, "Say it! Say it!" while he's waiting. <laughs> It's awesome. Oh, that's cool. I was recently watching a uh, Bob's Burgers, and I think they do like a parody of the Rocky Horror fandom Ooh. in like the last season. Uh, it's very funny. I'm not there. I'm on season nine right now. Yeah, I think it's in season twelve. Um, season thirteen going on now. Woo! We're not we're not being paid for this. Whatever, uh, Denny. <laughs> <laughs> please, would you please, for the love, of Rocky. Tell me your critic or score for Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. This one gets a 45 out of 50 with some extra bonus points for one being tied for first place as my favorite movie. That bumps you up a few points. And also for being like a culturally significant movie that created a space for marginalized communities and weird kids to feel like they belong. Uh, there's no other movie that has that has been a cultural phenomenon in the way that Rocky Horror is, so that that also gives it a few bonus points. So, 45. I don't know. I wouldn't call it generous, but um, it's the only movie I've ever like really given points for things that happened outside the movie itself, too. Yeah. Don't uh, dream being inclusive. Be inclusive. Hey. I learned my lesson from the movie. Um, hey. yeah, like I said earlier, this, this one's not for me. I'm definitely not a theater kid, definitely not into musicals, but I, I can't deny the fun I had watching it mm -hmm. and the just pure joy I got out of watching Tim Curry perform in this movie as Dark, Dr. Frankenfurter. So I gave this one a 28 out of 40. That is equating to a seven out of 10. It is uh, a lot higher than my I enjoyed it, but it's not for me kind of movies. So um, Denny's giving me a very stern look like he's disappointed in me, but he can't honestly be surprised that the musical I'd never seen before didn't rank super fucking high. I don't know what his deal is. Tim Curry's performance alone deserves that movie being in the 30s, and you know it. Mm, do I? I respect your autonomy and your opinions, I guess. My score is my score, my guy. <laughs> Greg, what's the best movie for when it's spooky but not scary? Okay, this is an easy question. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. I mean, we could have had a couple other options here. Um, even on our poll. But um, I had... I had a certain amount of fun with all of these movies but the best movie for when i'm looking for a not so scary scare is going to be rocky horror picture show yep it's rocky horror by a country mile for me man a country bears <laughs> not mile. even close not even close <laughs> yeah it, it ran away with it this week and honestly i think if maybe another movie had won the poll it might have still come out on top Honestly, mm -hmm. it's just, it's a fun time. And what we were looking for this week, I think, was just 
something kind of horror themed but more trying to appeal to the fun side of the spirit of spooky season i think it delivers in spades so thank you rocky horror picture show for saving the episode yay I, we couldn't have another like sub 50 percent score movie this week because i would have gone to bed in a bad mood if it weren't for rocky horror tonight i'll tell you that much he would have gone to bed 30 minutes ago yeah, I would have just said fuck it and not done the last movie. <laughs> I was not in a good place after Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I, I would have soloed whatever the fuck else was going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Denny. Uh, we got scared. Not super spooked. Not super scared. The scares weren't so scary. But Denny, something's going on next week. This yes. has all been building to something. Denny, what is this... What has this all been building to? Well, we're sequeling last year's episode. It's movies for when it's Halloween 2. Movies we recommend that you watch on Halloween night. We're going to be covering Woo! them next Friday. Um, you'll, Halloween's on a Monday this year, which is stupid and lame and shouldn't be allowed. Boo. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll be covering three movies next week um, for Halloween night. And you'll have time to, to watch them all before Halloween if you really want to. Greg, what movies are we doing next week? The movies for when it's Halloween part two are going to be Denny's pick, which is his other favorite movie, Beetlejuice, Woo! which is a movie I haven't seen. I can't wait to share that experience with all of you. Uh, my pick was a movie that was a $5 pickup <laughs> Blu-ray on Amazon, which is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, Holy baby. shit. Can't Get believe we haven't. Bit. Can't believe we haven't done this already. And uh, as of today, as of a few hours before recording, the audience picked in our latest poll, Nightmare on Elm Street. Heavy hitter entering the fray. Dude, we were, we were bangers only for the Halloween poll, and you guys delivered. Thank you so much. Nightmare on Elm Street wins the poll. If you want to vote on future polls, you can find us on Facebook. Just look up Movies for Win. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Movies for Win. So you can stay up to date on all the shit we're doing. You can learn about all the Patreon stuff we're doing at patreon.com slash movies for win. And if you're on the internet, already thinking about us, you could just give us a little uh, rating on the old Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell you're uh, listening on. But grade I like Denny, not like Greg. Greg. <laughs> yeah. Grade like Denny. Rose tint your ratings. <laughs> Keep me safe from algorithmic pain. T-t-t-t-t-t-touch me with five stars, if I may. <laughs> if it Have pleases. Have a sexual awakening while you rate us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait till they see us. Uh, oh, va voom <laughs> You can't say you don't like it, darling. Um, all right, Denny. <laughs> I don't even know how to segue here. Um I'm I'm it's getting late. I'm ready for a Scooby snack, so why don't you scare me stupid with a catchphrase? All right. And I'll do it Rocky Horror themed just to mm. get everybody in there. For Greg work, the asshole Johnson, I'm Denny the Slut Taylor, and Hell this yeah. has been Spookies for Win. We already scared you win. 
But you know what we didn't scare you? What's my cage again? Oh! I'm a policeman. See my badge? Just like him, the way he-